Hi, John Lay here, CEO of Talented Learning, here with Eureka's founder and CTO, Nick Erickson, with another customer education learning nugget. Today, Nick and I are going to talk about three mistakes to avoid when rolling out training to your potential clients before the sale, before they become clients. Nick, as you know, using uh, education to attract new clients is one of the the hottest sectors in the, the customer education industry. It's not where it started, but it, it's a part of the sales cycle or part of the customer life cycle uh, that is now being focused on because driving qualified, educated leads is a great way to shorten sales cycle, to use learning as a marketing tool, get the word out in the marketplace and to differentiate uh, from your competitors uh, by by providing that education, sometimes free, sometimes for a fee, uh, but as a way to really shorten that sales cycle and, and, and get some competitive differentiation. However, it's super easy, as you know, to fall into some really avoidable mistakes uh, in, uh, in the sector of the customer education market. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pick three of the, the biggest mistakes that we've seen in our joint careers and see if we can help some people out listening. So how about you start, Nick. What's the biggest mistake you've seen uh, or, or that organizations should avoid uh, when rolling out training in that pre-sales cycle? Well, I think that the biggest mistake is that uh, most organizations, they, they actually don't do this at all. <laughs> so uh, That's a big mistake. Uh, that's a big mistake because uh, when you're looking at the customer training or customer education, however you want to call that, and it is, as you said, completely related to the customer life cycle then uh, you don't have the you, you're missing out completely on the opportunity to to uh, you know to have an early impact uh, on your products and the services and how it is to that you know you work with your clients and it's not specific to an industry yes you could say that it's obviously something that's easy to do when you have like software development or something like this and then you can you know you can tell people about uh, uh, you know how you you know what you can do with your software, but this is not this is not it. It could be analyzers, it could be car manufacturers, it could be anything else, depending on your target audience. That uh, you 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 know you have the opportunity in here to already when people are making decisions or they are in a pre-sales, you know you are in a pre-sales phase and they are they are lead to you as a company, and you're actually trying to uh, you know to win that case now. Already here, you give them an interaction to potentially with your, you know, sales team, your support team. You give your sales team an opportunity to, you know, send them some information that can already qualify the process that they um, that they need in terms of making decision towards your product. So, let's take an an example such as this. Uh, John, you are an analyst here, and you know you have, you are an influencer on a lot of uh, companies when they're looking for a system. So even if I'm not, uh, you know, not just a system, excuse me, a partner that you are working with, and that means that you know your recommendations go a long way in 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 terms of you know weighing in on on that too. So as an example, it doesn't have to be product specific information; it could be different types of accreditations are things that build upon why you should choose this particular uh, service partner system and so on that you're looking for. So mm -hmm. I could use something like this or one of the postcards that would be on your side to already deliver to a lead uh, in the beginning. 
And that means that I can perhaps provide a quick overview of what it is that the advantages, uh, the unique selling points of my particular service or as a partner or uh, to my clients already in that decision phase. It also means that you could probably scale because customer education and customer training is, is also different than your traditional LMS uh, providers that are doing internal training. This is, this is not just um, compliance training that we are talking about. It is that too, but it's also about sales and marketing. So when you're using it in the pre-sales phase, you will already get some indications that your customer success management, your account managers or anyone else can use to leverage uh, your sales process. Hmm. You will know, you know, analytics, just, you know, who is opening it, who is doing something with it, who is spending time on it. Compare that to your conversion rate and to which clients that you're actually winning at the end and giving an indication of, hey, they have watched it. They have done this. Next step is that I call them. You know, so you will you will start to qualify your processes, and some of this can be automated. You could reach a hundred thousand people. You can't do that with you know ten people behind the screen. You can't manage that. But if you have a market where you have a you know a large contact uh, point, you know, with with so many different uh, uh, clients, then you can already qualify your clients, your your leads, you know, your um, your prospects by their behavior and become better at it. And then you know which ones, you know, that you need to put more effort into. So that's what your, you know, your pre-sales fails phase can do for you if you're using this, uh, connecting it to a CRM system and other things that you are doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, great, great, great analysis on that. You know, to pile on, you know, from my perspective, I think one of the mistakes that organizations don't make in this phase is the connection uh, that needs to exist between learning and development and sales and marketing uh, to do this right. Learning and development doesn't have enough of the skills because they're missing that that sales and marketing piece to really understand that this is more than just instructional design. This is part of a, a marketing program as part as you're just describing, be able to group and categorize and streamline that sales process. And the reverse is true. The, the sales and marketing people that that own this, the budgets a lot of times for this, don't have the instructional design skills and the, that, that experience to, to really create great education. So the best practice is for those two groups to always team up. And so you can leverage the best of the best of that marketing and sales mentality with the instructional design mentality. Now, ideally, you can bring all that into your team, but if you don't have it all into your team, it already exists in your organization. So not bringing that together is uh, is a recipe for not necessarily for failure, but you're going to take more cycles to get it right because you're learning things that you're not in your comfort zone with. So I recommend always trying to form a group of of, of experts that are teaming up together uh, in there. How about one more last thing here as we're yeah, so, wrapping up this podcast? So, you know, just pick, mistake. Yeah, so, so, so picking up on that one, because you're absolutely right, this, you know, this, this is a, a cross-functional uh, exercise that, you, that you're doing uh, when you're doing customer training and education. And picking up on the last one, uh, you know, you, you obviously, uh, if you're using the same people who are doing your, if you're using the instructional designers that would typically do your education, they would have a different take on it than a marketing person would. So, for example, you know, you would create probably much too much information or a lengthy process 
and you wouldn't be able to focus on the things that actually create action or conversion. And that would mean that you would be creating too much, too long, the wrong items and so on for that process that you're actually in here. So be aware of where you are in the sales cycle. And that would be the third mistake. And that is actually that you shouldn't use those people. Maybe they have creation skills that you need, graphical creation skills. But the ones who dictate what goes in there is your marketing and salespeople. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Three easy mistakes to avoid. One, avoid not doing it because that's certainly silly in today's competitive nature of, of not using education as a strategic tool to attract new clients. Uh, number two, not teaming up with uh, your L&D and your marketing folks to really get the best of both worlds. And third, don't make it long and boring for goodness sakes. It's got to be short and strategic and uh, just like marketing messages or you're never going to get the conversion. And there you have it. Three mistakes that you can easily avoid to drive better training, better customer education in the pre-sale cycle. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Customer Education Learning Nuggets series. Uh, today we talked about the three mistakes to avoid in pre-sales, uh, co- providing pre-sales customer education. And we got some sage advice from the founder and the CTO of Eureka's customer education platform, Nick Erickson. Nick, thanks for joining us here today. It was a pleasure to have you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you on the next. Mm-hmm.